Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a certified microdosing practitioner, menstrual cycle coach, and feminine embodiment mentor. And I'm on a mission to break taboos around women's bodies, periods, and psychedelics. On this show, we're exploring all things spirituality, sexuality, mysticism, and empowerment. Come along as I interview other coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey towards self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you so much for joining me for this episode of The Light Within. Today, I am so excited to have with me Emily Getz. She is a certified fertility pregnancy and infant loss coach. She is a neuro-linguistic programming practitioner, a mindset coach, a podcaster, an advocate, and a fellow fertility patient prepping for her fifth round of IVF. So I met Emily in this amazing program we're both in called The Well by Rachel Melinda, who we had on the show a few weeks ago. And I really felt inspired to have Emily come on the show this week to talk about infertility and the holidays. You know, this is not something that I personally have ever experienced, but I have a lot of empathy for those folks who are really trying to add to their families and are experiencing things like struggles in their fertility, even things like loss, infant loss, which Emily does talk about that. And so I wanted to offer this space to her to speak about the way she helps parents and parents-to-be really find support and coaching and education and community in what can be a really difficult phase of life and in a really difficult season. So we are going to talk all about Emily's own story of her own infertility journey. We're also going to talk about what ways you can support people in your life who might be going through a fertility struggle themselves during the holiday season. And she's going to talk a lot about some of the beautiful offerings that she has to help you if you're someone listening to this podcast who is currently struggling with adding a baby to your family. Before we get started, I wanted to remind all of you that tonight, December 4th, so if you're listening to this the day it comes out, I am hosting Holiday Harmony. It is a 90-minute experience where we will dive deep into the triggers you have surrounding the holidays and help you uncover some simple practices to navigate seasonal stress. This is going to be very different from the other masterclasses that I have held before. We're going to be moving. We're going to be journaling. We're going to be feeling our shit. And so if you're listening to this on December 4th, sign up in the link in my bio, the show notes below so that you can get in on holiday harmony. And if you listen to this after December 4th, you can also sign up for instant access to the replay of this event by hitting me up on Instagram at Leslie Draffin. I will send you that link. So without further ado, please join me in welcoming Emily Getz to the Light Within podcast. Emily, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. So the first question I ask everyone who comes on the show is what ignites your light within? Such a good question. Um, I think what lights me up is being able to see something hard in a different lens. Hmm. You know, yeah. being really um, as hard as it can be for me at times, but being open to um, understanding that there are different ways to look at a circumstance 
and that there are different choices. And when I see a client, when that, that clicks for a client or it clicks for myself, I think it really, it lights me up. Mm. Yeah, I love that one. So for folks who aren't familiar with you or your work or your company, give us a brief introduction of who you are and what it is that you do. Sure. So my name is Emily Getz. I am from Toronto, Canada. I am the founder of Day One Fertility, which is uh, like a one-stop shop for fertility support resources. Uh, we have a podcast. I do a, a membership, which is really rooted in um, group mindset coaching, and I have a private practice. I uh, started about two and a half years ago based on my own experience with infertility, which mm. I'm still currently moving through myself mm-hmm. and um, yeah I was I was 10 years in PR I was in a corporate nine to five girl over here and I was hit in the face with um, a late-term loss in my second pregnancy I was six months pregnant and it really pivoted the way that I see my life the way I do my life the work that I do um, and yeah I think day one really is a, a truly like a first of its kind in the, in the way in which we support people that are going through this journey. Mm, I love that. And I know you mentioned that you found this work through your own process of, of having to heal from that loss. And I would love if you would share a bit more about, um, you know, your own uh, story of starting day one fertility while also healing from something that must have just been so horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, in 2017, I had a beautiful baby boy. His name's Ryder. He's six now. And uh, we got pregnant really easily. Like, I didn't even know infertility was a thing. I was super, super naive. I'm the person that people that are struggling, like, are annoyed with. <laughs> and um, unfortunately, two years later, we – well, fortunately, we got pregnant really quickly when we decided to grow our family. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, um, in 2019, in October of 2019, so we've just had our four-year anniversary, uh, my water broke, like, very unexpectedly. Mm. And um, three days later, we delivered a stillborn. We named her Ruby. Mm. And uh, that's sort of the beginning – It's the beginning of the beginning or the beginning of the end, I don't know. It depends the way that you want to look at things. Um, and, yeah, we went through two years after that of um, I, rounds of IVF and different clinics and cycle monitoring and just, like, really deepened um, the journey. And I really felt a, a big gap, specifically here in Canada, of, of support. Like, I just didn't feel like at the time and, – and the community is definitely growing and the industry is definitely um, becoming bigger. But at the time, it was quiet. You know, there was a lot of expert talks, but I wasn't seeing myself, like, reflected in any stories or, like, people really sharing the behind the scenes of, like, how fucked up it is to go through this. And – so off the side of my desk, I was like, you know what? I'm going to just do a podcast. And um, the podcast ended up getting a lot of attention. And at the time, I also was working with a life coach. She had she doesn't have kids. She didn't have any fertility issues, like nothing like that. But what she did and why I mentioned what lights me up for me was she shifted the way in which I was seeing this hardship in my life. Mm-hmm. And I – 
I, I'm sure you feel like this. I'm sure you've had guests who say this too. It's like on the side, I sort of always felt like I should be a therapist. Like I'm, I'm always the one my friends are going to. Like it was like innately inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up was coaching women who were going through this journey. Long story short, I just quit my job. I ended up getting certified, like three different certifications. And for two and a half years now, I've been coaching because I realized that I feel coaching specifically in fertility is a huge gap, I think, um, or like it is filling a huge gap because the difference between anything I've other than fertility is like it's a trauma that we keep going back into like we're healing and we're having to move forward like we can't just be like oh I guess we're gonna go to therapy and like heal this stuff it's like yeah we're we're damaged from trauma and we have to go back into the trauma Mm -hmm. so there's this coaching enables you to figure out how do I integrate this in my life? How, how do I go through, can continue to go through these really hard things and also see everyone in my life be able to get what I want very easily? Mm. How do I keep it up? How do I keep it up? And we need resiliency to keep moving forward. And so I think a coach really does that. Um, and that's why I think a coach, having a coach in this journey is like, a game changer. Like I, I always am like, it needs to be part of the protocol. Yeah. So that's where you find me today. Well, it makes perfect sense too, because, you know, as I was, cause I come from a background of being a certified menstrual cycle coach. So not that I've worked with anyone, um, specifically around infertility, but my teacher from Australia is, um, very much someone who works with folks who are working through infertility journeys. And, um, she would say the same thing. Like, there's like the clinic aspect and there's when you go to see the doctor and then like, what do you do when you go home and you're super sad and you don't know what to do with yourself? Like you can't really just call your doctor again. It feels very clinical. It feels very like, you know, clean and cut and dry versus like what's happening internally. And even a therapist in some way is a bit different. Right. And especially in our Westernized medical model here in the States, like that shit's expensive and not even like not even the IVF, like not even like the specialty treatments that you would need on that journey for your body, but like getting into a therapist, getting into all these other things. So I love that what you're offering is, you know, someone to hold the hand of those who are going through this because you've been there too. Yeah. I think I I like to say it's like a magical time here at day one because I am coaching as I go through my own journey, which I get a lot of questions about of like, you know, there's transference and like, how do you do it while you're going through it yourself? And, you know, my response to that is twofold. One is I like really believe I'm living my Dharma right now. Mm. Like I'm able to coach other people in this because it's what I'm meant to be doing. There is no transference for me. Like I actually am able to hold my own journey and hold someone else's. And that should just prove to you this, how powerful this work can be because mm-hmm. I I'm not triggered truthfully I'm I'm triggered by th- things other things I'm not superwoman going through this yeah. by any means but those like uh, other people's journeys don't impact my journey that's been a huge learning that I've done in my own work mm-hmm. uh, and I always like to say like I'm I'm telling you this stuff works because I'm doing it like in real time with you I don't have my happy ending yet 
Um, but I can live uh, a really full life and go through this. So, uh, yeah, it's it's been a quite uh, a wild ride in that regard. Yeah, for sure. And so one of the reasons why I really wanted to bring you on and chat specifically here in December is, you know, the holidays are really tough for people who are trying to conceive. And I know it's something that you speak about a lot. So when it comes to the next few weeks for folks who are seeing family who they might not see very often, folks who might not really be that well-versed in what's happening within this person's life, but also you're seeing the celebrations of new babies, like obviously the holidays are so huge. Like we just had my Thanksgiving here and my two new one niece and one nephew are here. What advice do you have for people like who are moving through the holidays while also going through their fertility journey? Yeah. The holidays are definitely, I'd like to say like a hot time, you know, it's like there are, I like to say that, um, everyone that's going through this journey, we have like an internal dial in inside our bodies and either depending on where you are in your journey or what's going on in your life, that dial's either turned really high um, or it's turned low. It's never turned off. And the holidays just comes into, like it's like an external person. It's like they come into our bodies and they turn that dial up and we have to manage what that means which is that um, we're much more vulnerable during the holidays. So I want to just say first that um, have some grace with yourself for, first and foremost. Like it's a very um, heightened time because it's, it's in your face more. So your ability to manage it is very different. And I think that there's an ex- assumption it's like, well, if I can't get through the holidays, like I can't get through everything else. And that's not the case. It's like really just, I always like to say it's like the intention behind what you're about to go into is really important. So before you go into the holidays, like my first thing to think about is just, I'm about to go into something that is very hard. Like just actually saying that to yourself versus putting it under a rug and just trying to get through it that's when the stuff hurts more. Mm. So when we're able to have awareness that, you know, you know, the last two weeks of December, that's going to be really hard for me. Then we're able to talk about, okay, what's hard about it? What do we need to do to help you get through it? But when you're like, I'm just going to white knuckle through, that's your tool. And then you're kind of closed off to anything else. Yeah. Um, so my whole thing is like grace and, and just, setting yourself up for success. Like I also like to say, what are we doing to protect your future self? Hmm. So what are we doing right now to protect the person that's about to go through the holidays? So one of those things that I like to say is give yourself a timeline. So, or, or a time frame. Hmm. So, you know, if you're going into Christmas dinner, put an alarm on. Even if you're having a really good time, leave because then you're leaving on a high. You're giving yourself before you even go into the experience, you know how long you're going to be in it for. Mm -hmm. All of these things, you might even surprise yourself, you know, I say leave, but maybe you're like, I'm good. I don't know. But 
you're giving yourself these permissions before you actually enter the experience, which I think is a huge tool to use in general. Yeah. But then the other thing I'll just say from a setup perspective is, um, and I've, I, I've just, obviously all of my clients right now, this is like a hot topic. Um, so I feel like I've had this conversation multiple times, which is, is this illusion that the holidays should be amazing and it sucks that this holiday is bad and it's only bad because it's of your fertility Mm. and your fertility is making these holidays horrible for you and you wish that you could just have a happy Christmas and Hanukkah and you know all the other things that we celebrate and and I kind of want to set expectations here and say this will not be the last sucky holiday that you have there will be more and when we make fertility an exception, we make fertility the main character in our life. And <clears throat> there has to be an acceptance that you are in a sad place. So of course these things are going to be sad. And so tending to your sadness is really important. Not, not expecting or, or feeling like, um, how do I make this amazing? How do I just put all my shit in the corner for a night. It doesn't really work like that. My win, a win would be if a client came back to me and said, you know what? I had an hour and a half during the holidays, during that party, that I actually felt like myself. The rest of it kind of sucked, but I got an hour. I would be like, amazing. We got to set our expectations. And, and, and then I'll stop talking after this final thing, I promise. My last thing I'll say is, <clears throat> don't look at your fertility as an exception because it is – there's other hardships that are very similar. So an example I, I give that's very dark, but is when a parent passes away, right? You're part of you when you go into the holidays, you're like, it's bittersweet. It's the holidays. I want to be happy, but I'm also really sad. I don't have this baby. Well, when you lose a parent, millions of people are going to the holidays every year. And for the rest of their life, all of their things are bittersweet. And it's just part of being an adult. It's a very giving some harsh love to your listeners right now. It's, it is a little bit of a childlike idea that these holidays are going to be perfect and mm -hmm. that your fertility is the thing that's ruining them Yeah. versus being able to just hold all of it and figure out I have shit. You have shit. We all have shit that we're trying to like have put together for this like holiday. Yeah. So how do we hold it all? Okay, I'll stop talking now. <laughs> well, I think that was great. And I love the whole reframe and looking at it also from that other perspective because I have several clients who have lost parents and this is the first holiday that they'll be experiencing their lives without them here on this planet. And yeah, so it's it's interesting, right, to, to think about that in a similar way and giving sadness a space even at the happiest time of the year, right? Yes. Like air quotes. And so – what about for folks who are encountering people who are trying to conceive? You know, I feel like people have really, a lot of people have like the best intentions, but damn, that shit has probably got to hurt so bad. I mean, I'm not someone who's ever going to have a baby. I've ch chosen to be child free, but even I get hounded. Like, when are you going to have a baby? When like, oh, let me explain my entire sex life to you, Uncle Charlie. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> so for folks who are, you know, know they're going to be coming to family dinner with maybe a, a sister or a cousin or someone who 
they want to say something too. Like, what do you tell them to do when it comes to encountering folks and supporting folks who are trying to conceive during the holidays? Yeah. So I like to bucket these people. Like bucket number one is Uncle Charlie who doesn't know the fuck like right from left and has no idea what's going on in your life. Mm -hmm. That's like bucket number one. The people that like don't really know your your personal story and they're just grew up in a society where they were taught asking these questions were okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And then bucket number two are, you know, your close people that know Hmm. you're struggling. And I think it's really important to not put everyone in the same bucket Mm. because your response to them are different. Yeah. So Uncle Charlie, we're saying Uncle Charlie, I, for me, again, I just go into the holidays being like this, if these people X, Y, and Z come and ask me, it's going to go in one ear at another. I'm not going to give my power to those people. Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anything that we can really do. Like, I, I, I think there's a generation above us, unfortunately, who just aren't listening to these podcasts. Let's just, they're sure. not our target audience. Yeah. Um, and I think it, we lose a lot of energy. Like, I'm done kind of trying to educate people that, like, are not looking to be educated. Mm-hmm. So, um, to me, I'm like, you got to just have your a boundary up to just be like, I'm not going to care what this person is going to say. They don't mean anything in my everyday life. And so I'm not giving them more power than that. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, so usually when uncle Charlie comes and wants to ask me when we're having another kid, I'll say things like, Oh, we're working on it. If I feel like I want to, um, that's kind of my baseline. Sure. If I feel it's okay for people to kind of know we're working on it. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's it. Like I kind of shut it down. The other bucket though, I think is the people that care and knows a bit. And then they get two subcategories, like subcategory for them is um, they know what's going on with you and they don't still don't seem to care. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, the other bucket is people that are trying to educate themselves on how they can be there for you. Mm-hmm. So, If we want to talk about the second one, my thing is to figure out, like I said, like we're talking about intention. What do you want from them? Like they need direction. I think that we are so scared to like give direction about how to support us. It's like, why don't you know how to support me? It's like, because I don't know, like you don't know how you want me to support you. Like it's like telling, you know, your partner, it's like, why don't you want to want to take the dish, like the dishes out of the thing, right? Like, (laughs) It's the same when it comes to support. And so I think it's being a little clear. It's like, look, I want you to know that I'm probably going to leave early. And I I really would appreciate you not asking me to stay. You can support me by giving me a hug and being okay with me going, you know. Um, Like that's like a very clear space, clear, you know, one. There's kids around, again, like – there's not much we can do. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say don't complain about your kids during the holidays while I'm around. Yeah. Like these are things you can just know your audience a bit about. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the, those are just two, but then the category of the first one, which is they love you, but they're still not supporting you. It's one of those things where I think it's a bit of grief. 
work mm-hmm. and just having to be like these it's sad but these people are not showing up for me and mm-hmm. that's the truth in any hardship mm-hmm. people disappoint and either you need to do some work on educating them and sitting them and confronting them yeah likely you haven't confronted them would be my guess and having an open honest conversation and trying to get them into subcategory too yeah or or accepting that they just can't hold this yeah and I think you brought up something that I didn't even think about, right? Like <clears throat> complaining about your kids in front of you while you're desperately wanting a child. Like what are some of the things that you feel like people say or do in the holidays that they might not even realize is like hurtful for people who are trying to conceive? That seems like a huge one. Are there others? Hmm. Ask me that question again. So you mentioned like don't complain about your kids in front of me. That for me feels like, oh, I wouldn't even think about that being something that would make you feel hurtful and hurt um, around the holidays. So are there other common things that you've seen people say or do around this time of year that can be really painful, possibly unintentionally or completely unconsciously to those who are trying to conceive? Do we, how, how much time do we have? As much time as you want. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, I think that the... I think that everyone in this journey probably has different iterations of this. Um, and I know I'm, I'm trying to represent all of them, but I do think based on family dynamic, mm. you know, there's something that a client's talked to me about where I'm like, Oh, I never, that wouldn't have hit me that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know if it's like, I mean, the obvious one is like, don't ask me if I'm ha- when I'm having kids. Don't ask me about my fertility. You know, you yeah. can relate to this as well. It's like the topic just needs to truthfully stay off the to the ta- like the table. Um, but I think that uh, acknowledgement. If you are supporting somebody that you know is going through the journey, and this is why I work really hard in all of our own ways to try to let some people in, not mm-hmm. everyone. And I'm not saying everyone has to be public, but because this is the benefit. The benefit is if you do have people that know what's going on, acknowledgement is like so easy. It's just, hey, I know dinner tonight's dinner might be tricky for you. Is there somewhere on the dinner table you'd want to sit? Do you want to mm-hmm. sit away from the kids? Do you want to sit near that? Like, what can I do to make this experience easier on you yeah um because everyone has a different way of wanting and managing the holidays Mm -hmm. yeah because now I'm just thinking back it's like again like I said I'm not in this space like I'm not on this journey but man if I was and I was at my own Thanksgiving a couple days ago where I have a two and a half month old niece who's brand brand new and then a four and a half I guess he's more like five months now nephew and how much attention was and, – and as they should, right? Like, it's exciting to celebrate a new for baby. Sure. But sure. that would have been so painful. So, yeah, for those folks out there, having someone know, God, just to, to support. And do you find that it's easy for some folks to let others in? Or is this something that's still a struggle because of the fact that – I mean, is, is, is infertility a taboo topic for some folks? I think for a lot of yeah. people, I think it's, 
we're getting way better. We really are. We're seeing more, you know, high um, touch celebrities start to come out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're seeing more influential people speak about it, um, which is great. But again, we're in this weird middle ground with our gen- the generation above us. I do think that, you know, the generation following us and, and beyond, I'm hoping that we're leading the way of mm-hmm. – of this not having to be taboo, but it's an interesting thing because it is very, yes, a lot of people want to keep things quiet for a lot of different reasons. Like some people feel like they don't want to jinx, jinx it by sharing people. Some people feel like they're waiting for that. You know, they've waited years to have that moment of like, Mm. we're pregnant because society has created gender reveals and you feel like you're missing out on that like moment and that attention. So you know, um, there's also people don't want to talk about it because of their, the pressures and the questions and, 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 and. So I, I think we're getting better as a society, but there's so much work to do in that way. Yeah, for sure. And I always found that it was just such an interesting and like weird thing to ask, like when you're going to have kids, like, are you asking me like what I'm doing in the bedroom? Like, dude, <laughs> Like it's, it's just wild that folks feel that they have the, and, and I think like, you're right. Like it is the generation above us. Maybe they're just saying it because like, that was the way that they were raised. Cause everyone just like the second, like you get married, she's having the baby and blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, I just <laughs> kind of have to chuckle. Like, damn, you're really asking me what's going on in the bedroom. Like what's happening with the semen. <laughs> yeah. It's, 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 in- it's so interesting I went to like last summer I went to like a camp reunion and Mm. it was like where do you live what do you do and how many children do you have oh god well I get that question too yeah 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 so it's like it is the generation above us but it's also our generation like it's sort of like I'll tell you about my kids it'll come up in in conversation if I wanted to Mm -hmm. if I'm not talking about them then don't ask me about it but again like I think it's just gonna take us um time just just like I, I I think that in the next you know the generations also following us like a class is now going to be like adopted donor IVF natural like it's not going to seem so um the I don't think the uh, minority anymore will be just natural conception and or no. we won't feel we'll be more open to other ways of building our families yeah um but again it takes this shit takes time. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so just on this topic of support and acknowledgement, you know, I know that you um, have a membership and, and you help people with your coaching. I mean, I can imagine having friends who are going through this must be essential, even if it's folks that you just know, just know on the internet. So um, what else do you want to share about, you know, just the importance of connection, the importance of you know, sisterhood in this type of a journey. Yeah. So I want to first say that like, I am not a group like person before (laughs) this. (laughs) Like I, if you told me to join like a support group, I would have been like, absolutely not. Yeah. Um, and so I just want to first say that like, there's so much resistance, I think, to do that. And I get it. Um, however, 
you cannot deny the power of community. You just can't. Mm -hmm. And um, being around people who get where you are, what I think the biggest, the, the number one thing that it does is it allows you to not have as much expectations for the people that are around you that don't get it. Mm-hmm. So what happens is when we be, when we're isolated and we have, there's no one around us who understands. What happens is is then we start relying on on our best friends and they're not doing what we need them to do because they don't understand what to do. Yeah, and then we feel like well we're not connected and we don't get each other anymore and they're they're moving on air quote moving on with their life which I think is another narrative we could have a whole other podcast about of like that. Um, but you feel left out, right? Mm-hmm. And so having a community, in the, and I think the community that day one has built specifically, but is feeling like you're learning that different people in your life fill different spaces. Yeah. And your best friends can show up for you just as a best friend going because you're going through something hard Mm -hmm. and then your fertility community is really able to show up for you in the ways that you need in terms of all the different milestones, all the different pain points um, where you don't feel alone in that way. So it kind of relieves you of that, that big, big, big disappointment narrative. Cause you're like, okay, cool. Like I'm covering my bases with this group, whatever that looks like for you. Yeah. And it also must help folks who are, struggling in their marriage because of this oh. because if you have to just rely on your partner like you were saying with the friend like <clears throat> it's one thing to rely on a friend who may or may not know what's happening but your partner is most likely god I hope in this the thick of it that must be so so tough like I know infertility struggles are one of the top reasons folks are getting divorced yeah. these days along with many many other reasons but oof. so I'm sure it helps in that way as well so 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 much yes, yes. and do you help those who are, you know, born in male bodies, those who aren't the ones actually going to be birthing this child, you help and support them as well. Because let's be honest, like I can't, that would just dawned on me to ask that question because it's just such an afterthought, but damn, I'm sure that those people need support too, because that must be really hard for them too. Yeah, actually in the new year, I'm going to be announcing that once a month partners are going to be able to come into our Tuesday night calls. Um, I do predominantly work with um, the like people with ovaries yeah. are my typically the people that I'm working with majority of the time, but there has been a request for that um, for, but I do think if we're talking specifically like pe- males, not yeah. even people with sperm, like males, they need a different, there's like a different desire for them. Um, there's definitely amazing groups out support groups for them as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's a different um, uh, like call. They have like a different call. And I think that it's the first time that they're for, for, for most like having to deal with their emotions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does that make sense? Sure. I don't mean I, I'm, I'm totally talking broad right now. Like I'm yeah. totally making assumptions. So I just want to like call that out. I don't think every situation is like this but I do think it's a a common pattern that I see with clients yeah for sure and it's definitely just you know as you know someone with a womb would have to grapple with this whole idea uh, and the the freaking like 
what is it called? The stereotype. Like this is what my body was supposed to do. Yes. So is their body. Yes. And yes. it's. And I mean, male factors connected to their manliness and yeah. like that's a that's an entirely other yeah. conversation and things that they're they have to deal with or they don't want to tell anyone about it yeah. and it's, yeah. it's male factors really difficult mm-hmm. um in in a in another way as well I think yeah. that doesn't get as definitely definitely does not get as much attention I'll say yeah. that I would, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so you mentioned the the group, you mentioned this new announcement happening in the beginning of the year, but how can people learn from you? Um, so I'm on Instagram. I do like tips and tricks and things like that on reels. I have the podcast that's coming back season four in, in January. Um, and then you can join the membership whenever the membership is a rolling, um, enroll, a rolling enrollment. Uh, we have Tuesday night calls. Um, we also have a the Tuesday night calls divided into like primary fertility or secondary infertility. Mm-hmm. So um, if you do have a living child at home, you can be part of the secondary group because I, I find that that one's a hard crossover. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then and then I'm, I'm accepting uh, private clients uh, for the next couple of weeks. Wonderful. Well, we'll put all of the links in the show notes below. Thank Is there you. anything else that you would like to add that we didn't talk about? No, I think you did such a great job. You asked all of the great questions. I really, I, I'm really grateful. Um, I just really am grateful to talk about fertility on like non-fertility podcasts uh, because we're in an echo chamber in this niche that I am in. And um, the only way that we can either, um, the only way we can really make awareness for what's going on is, is to be talking about it on other platforms. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just wanted to say thank you for being open to having me on and open to talking about this. Yeah, absolutely. It was my pleasure. Thanks so much, Emily. Thank you. I hope you loved that conversation. And if you're someone who is in this season of life, just know that I have so much love and compassion for you. And I really hope that you can connect with Emily for more support if you so choose. If you need more information, again, always head down to the show notes. You can always connect with me on social media at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast. Shoot me an email, hello at lesliedraffin.com if you want to connect. Have yourself a wonderful week. And remember, there is no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.